Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network, your home for professional development. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. On today's show, we're going to be talking all about the big event that happened in New York City on May the 2nd. It was the Microsoft Education Keynote. We're going to be talking all about the great new products, great new software, and the amazing trip that 20 educators had. I was included there. It was an amazing experience. We're going to be talking all about it today. If you have any questions or if you're interested in being a part of any of our programs, there's, of course, several great ways that you can do that. First of all, you can reach out to us on Twitter and follow us at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. And, of course, subscribe to our audio and our video shows on iTunes and YouTube over at TeacherCast.net slash audio and TeacherCast.net slash video. And of course, as I'm saying that, I want to say thank you to everybody out there for the continued support of the great things that were happening over here on the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. We recently passed 24,000 followers on Twitter, and I want to say thank you to each and every one of you out there for making that a possibility. Also on YouTube, we just recently passed over 7,000 Twitter, uh, 7,000 YouTube followers, and of course, that is a fantastic number, and we love the support from everybody. So if you're listening to this, please um, hit the subscribe button or give us a like or review or anything that you can do out there on your social channels. We certainly love having you with us for the last almost six years. So a few weeks ago, I got a phone call and said, we would love to invite you out to a very special event, but you can't tell anybody about it, but you can't share it with anybody. And I said, hmm, what is this? And uh, as the few weeks went by, I found out that on May the 2nd, Microsoft was holding a very special keynote event for education and for educators where they were going to be launching some pretty neat things. So let's talk a little bit about this, and we'll kind of go through some of the uh, experiences that we had with this. First of all, there's a few new products that came out. Microsoft announced the uh, launching of a brand new laptop called the Surface Laptop, um, a fantastic device. I had my a chance to get my hands on it in the showroom, and I got to tell you, it is beautiful. A couple of questions have always come up with this over the last couple of days. You know, is it something for high school kids? Is it something for college kids? Could teachers use this device? Is this the device that will finally make this very podcaster switch away from his MacBook Air and become a full-time Windows user at school? Um, all those questions have, of course, yet to be answered. I can tell you a couple things about the new uh, Surface laptop. Uh, first of all, um, I, I love the portability and I love the flexibility. It is, of course, an, an inking screen. It is a touch screen. It's beautiful. Um, it is a 13 and a half uh, inch screen, a pixel sense screen, they call it, and it's using the Intel seventh generation core processor. What does all of that mean? That means it is screaming fast, and that means the resolution and the graphics are absolutely beautiful. Um, I've been recently playing with my Surface Pro 4, and I just picked up a Surface Book, and those are really, really nice machines. And I don't mean nice in, in the wrong way here, they're great machines. But when I had a chance to put my hands on this brand new Surface laptop and really get a feel for it, 
the keyboard is great. They did this amazing new thing with this keyboard where they actually put the speakers under the keyboard. So all the sound is coming right at you, which it, it, it's great. It, it's amazing. Um, if I say amazing a couple more times on this podcast, just kind of bear with me, guys. But it, it was absolutely a beautiful thing. One of the neat things that I love about this machine is that it comes in four different colors, platinum, burgundy, cobalt blue, and, and graphite gold. I, I, I love the, the material about it. Um, we are, of course, going to have more information in our show notes about these laptops. And, of course, I'll have some links to some videos and pictures as well. But I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I haven't really played with it mother, other than just, you know, on, the, on the, 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 the showroom floor there. But many of you guys know I, I am a Mac boy. I use my Mac Pro. I use my Mac Air. I use my iPad all over the place. But recently getting into using the Surface Pro, the Surface Book, I don't know if this is the machine to make somebody quite flip over from the Mac Air if they're already invited into and already involved in the Mac um, operating system, ecosystem, pages, numbers, keynote, final cut, all those different things. But I'll tell you, they, they are marketing this computer for the the senior in high school with the hopes and the, the ability that this could be the computer that gets them through their senior year in high school and their senior year in college. Um, is that true? I, I, I have to say yes, because it is absolutely great. The one other thing about this machine is it comes with something brand new that's coming out in, in the future, in the next couple months here, called Windows 10 S. Um, what does the S stand for? Well, I, w when I asked everybody, they said it stands for safety. It stands for security. stands for simplicity. stands for streamlined. Um, the word that I got the most out of the keynote when hearing about it was the word soul. Um, so Windows 10 S is going to be coming out. It is a brand new um, operating system. It runs on Windows 10. I hope I'm saying this right, but basically... Um, to quote what Microsoft has put out, it says, Our mission with Windows is to build a platform that inspires creativity in each of us. And I love that quote, being the creative person that I that I kind of bring to the whole teacher cast world here. But one of the things that you're going to hear in the interviews later on in this podcast is that when they were creating the hardware and they were creating the software, they were doing it together. They had the same people in the rooms. And in fact, we have a chance later on in this podcast to talk to some of those people and uh, who were in those decisions rooms and who were making those um you know, choices of, of what to have and when to have it. So let's talk a little bit about Windows 10. First of all, is it the the, the best operating system out there for education? You know, I don't have that answer. You know, we're, we're going to have the debate over the next couple months of is the Chrome operating system better? Is the Windows 10 S operating system better? Um, all I can say is stay tuned to TeacherCast. We're going to be having those podcasts. We're going to be having those discussions once we get our hands on these different devices and figure out things. We'll probably be talking to teachers, tech directors, decision makers, and product makers about which operating system do you want to go to. But for right now, let's focus on the brand new Windows 10S. Better performance, better battery, better experience all around. These are operating system systems that are going to be good for preschool kids for kindergartners for first graders all the way up through of course college and even you uh, moms and dads out there who are looking to get a you know an affordable machine on your own here 
Um, I love the fact that it is faster login. You know, right now as the tech coach in my school district, I, I, I struggle when I work with teachers who say all I want my kids to do is to get on the computer. They don't know how to type yet. They don't know how to read yet. I just want my kids to turn on their machine and make it work. And and Windows 10 S certainly has 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 done that. Um, one of the interesting things about Windows 10 S is that it locks you. I, I think I'm using the word right here. It locks you into as a default using the Edge browser. So Will Chrome be available if you're a Google school or a Google person? I'm sure it will. You'd have to download it from the Windows 10 store. But Edge has a few new options to it. Number one, it's coming out with something called Tab Preview Bar. Um, it's also... Um, marking you know again they're big on ink right like everything wants to be touch screen and ink they showed a demonstration of how through windows 10 s you can watch a video and you can mark the video you can write on it so that way when somebody else watches it back all of your annotations are on the website and all your annotations are on the video and it's it's flawless it is absolutely great so we're talking a lot about some of the things here. Of course, it's a faster process for installing. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. They showed a demo of how somebody can take all of the settings that they want for their school or their classroom, put it on a thumb drive or a flash drive, and very quickly, within an hour, install this thing onto dozens, if not hundreds, of laptops all running Windows 10 S. This is a game changer. This is a quick way of bringing in thousands, if not more, um, Windows 10 S devices into your school district and quickly deploying them in hours, not in days anymore, but in hours. Again, we're going to have a lot more information on Windows 10 as we go. We'll probably be doing some product demos. I know we're going to be talking about it later on this summer over at ISTE. So check out the great stuff there. And of course, all the links are going to be in our show notes. So we talked a little bit about the new Surface laptop starting I didn't say this earlier, but starting at $9.99, which is absolutely fantastic. And they did say starting. I don't know how many price points up that's going to be. We talked about Windows 10 S. That'll be a free upgrade for everything. Then they also talked a little bit more about some of the inexpensive and, and powerful software, sorry, hardware applications coming out for your students. They have brand new computers coming out starting at $189. Um, absolutely mind-blowing and amazing. Uh, many of these are touchscreen. Many of these are, are inking-based. Many of these things are exactly what students are looking for today and what schools are looking for today, being affordable, being accessible, being great for battery. They all, and I want to stress this, they all are running Minecraft Education Edition. We'll talk a little bit about some of the new things in Minecraft uh, in a few seconds here. But I asked um, one of the product managers for Minecraft, I said, this $189 machine, if I unplug it and I just let it run on battery, how long can it run Minecraft? And he says, it is absolutely a fantastic machine and it can last for hours playing Minecraft. Of course, he said it was depending on the resolution. If you're on a battery-powered machine and you're at high, you know, high resolution, you know, their battery shrinks a little bit. But I got to tell you, I was super impressed with all of these things. Um, so great laptops coming out, both from third-party vendors, both from Microsoft, an amazing hardware display of what was going on. But that wasn't the end of the hardware. They really, really are getting into bringing this 3D technology into the classroom. Many of you guys know Microsoft owns a product called the HoloLens. I believe the price is somewhere in that three to $5,000 range. I, I, I don't really know exactly, but I know it's up there. It's, it's not a price that as a, 
a normal mere mortal school person can afford. They took the software. They figured out how to bring that experience into the classroom. And so now you're hearing some things about uh, uh, something called mixed reality. And I love the concept of mixed reality. At the keynote, they showed us um, a, a, a device that they took a picture of uh, somebody up on stage and they put them right next to the Mars rover, which if you've never seen the Mars rover, it is like seven, eight feet wide by seven, eight foot tall. It is huge. It is bulky. And they put somebody right next to this device. And when you're looking at it on the screen, it's unbelievable. You actually could look at this and feel the weight of this device. It was so amazing to watch. Um, I wish I had more information about it. Certainly, again, Will, as we go through the next couple of weeks here and as more information comes out about it. But, but keep your eyes out for everything that they're talking about when it comes to 3D mixed reality. Of course, a few weeks ago, Microsoft unleashed the Windows 10 Creative Bundle, I believe is what they're calling it. And with that is a brand new application called Paint 3D. Now, do you remember Microsoft Paint? It was fun. But Paint 3D is absolutely beautiful. You can take a shape. Heck, you can draw a shape. Suddenly hit a button, make it 3D. Find a texture, find something that, that has colors to it, or even take a picture of your face, and you can turn that into a skin for this device. So one of the, uh, the, the examples that they had was they had an astronaut, and then they were asking you to come up to the computer, and they were taking a picture of you, and then suddenly your picture became the face inside of the astronaut's head. And absolutely cool stuff. And then later what you're going to hear in the rest of the show is we did an interview with uh, somebody who was talking all about PowerPoint and the way that 3D and PowerPoint are working together. So um, foreshadowing later in the show, I know, guys. But lots of great stuff coming out here as far as 3D, mixed reality. Um, the, the other big thing about 3D and mixed reality is that they just also announced a big partnership between Microsoft and Pearson to integrate 3D and mixed reality into all secondary and university-level curriculum by the year 2018. So right now, Pearson's offering, um, or going to be offering, curriculum in health, commerce, history, and STEM education um, on all Windows mixed reality devices. It's pretty cool. So uh, a lot more on that stuff coming up. Now, as I'm going through here, you might be looking at this going, but, but how do I find out more information? Where do I, where do I go? And I want to tell you a very, very amazing, there's that word again, experience happening in the month of May at Microsoft stores. They are actually creating STEM Camp, where you can go out and, and, and experience STEM Saturdays every week in the month of May at every single Microsoft store in the country, where you can go as a teacher, as a student, as a parent, and learn some of these skills. Uh, in the evening, after the keynote was over, they took all the educators to the Microsoft store in uh, on Fifth Avenue in New York, and they, they brought us up to the second floor where they showed us these... These, these devices that you're building from scratch, and we're talking cardboard and copper wire, and, and, and I don't know what else was there because it was way above my head. But the next thing you know, you're following these cardboard cutout directions, and you put this thing over your hand or over your finger, and as you're moving your finger back and forth, this other device was moving um, next to you. I don't know. I really don't know how to explain it. So I feel kind of silly on that one, guys. But it was absolutely amazing. And um, 
amazing stuff that we can do with all this. So um, STEM camp stores are coming to Microsoft stores all throughout the month of May. Um, but that certainly wasn't it. The, the, one of the big announcements was that Minecraft Education Edition is launching something called Code Builder. Now, Code Builder is... It's exciting. I don't know how else to put it. But essentially, it is another fantastic development and partnership between Minecraft, Tinker, Scratch X, and a new platform from Microsoft called Make Code. Now, if you're familiar with the Code.org stuff or the Hour of Code games and you know the Scratch platform where you're basically putting building blocks together, this is essentially what Code Builder is and what Code Builder is doing. Um, I, I'm I'm hoping soon I can get our, our our MIE friend Steve Isaacs on here to talk to us a little bit about this and to talk a little bit about exactly what Code Builder can be doing. Later on in our podcast today, we have two great um, uh, Microsoft managers, uh, product managers, I should say, Deirdre and Neil. Um, you might remember Neil has been on the podcast before, talking to us all about Minecraft Edition. Education Edition and Code Builder. So um, that was really the rundown. It was an amazing experience. They really did a great job at asking for feedback. One of the things you're going to hear later on in today's show is all about feedback. Microsoft took all the educators, put them in a big room, and basically said, how are we doing? What do you need? And for teachers to be sitting there in the presence of vice presidents and product managers, and, and what are they doing while we're talking? They're taking notes. And man, that was really cool to have input into to this process and into these products. And you know that the stuff that teachers out there, teachers like you are asking, um, is really getting put into the product. Uh, the, the first interview, actually, uh, that we have on our podcast today is, is from, uh, uh, let's see, who is our first interview? Um, our first interview is from a Microsoft uh, corporate vice president, Iran Megiddo, and, and we asked him all about the feedback and what the feedback really means to them and what they do with that feedback and how it works. So be, be listening in the next couple seconds here when you hear the interview with Iran. It was absolutely uh, one of the best experiences that I've ever had as an educator, being, being shown the insides of what a, uh, a great company like Microsoft does to make sure that every student has the power to achieve everywhere. Um, so that's it. The next part of our podcast here is going to be several. I think I've got over uh, maybe 12 or 15 different interviews. Um, this podcast is a little bit long, but we're going to be sh uh, short chopping this one as we go into several small segments here. But we have a fantastic lineup of guests. Again, Aron Megiddo, a vice president from Microsoft. We're going to be talking to Robin, who's in charge of the uh, United States MIE program. We have our friends Ari Shore and Mike Tolson coming on to talk about what's happening in the OneNote space. And in, in Word, we've got a lot of uh, interviews about the accessibility features. That was a big thing for Microsoft at this conference was accessibility. What happens if you have ADHD? What happens if you have students that have dyslexia problems? What happens if you have students that are hard of sight? What can you do here to support these students? What is Microsoft doing to support these students? There are so much so many things to talk about today. I'm going to get out of your way today, and I'm going to let Microsoft do all the talking. So on that note, the next time you hear me will be at the end of this podcast. I want to say thank you guys out there for listening. Uh, 
And again, if you love this stuff, please let me know. Find me on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave me some feedback. Email us over at feedback at TeacherCast.net and tell all your friends about the great stuff that's happening here. I want to say thank you to everybody out there at Microsoft Education for inviting me and for making uh, this week absolutely so special. And here is our interviews from our Microsoft keynote event. We're here live at the Microsoft keynote, sitting here looking around at all of the amazing things. I'm here with Corporate Vice President Iran Megiddo. Iran, how are you today? And, and what do you think about everything that just happened? Uh, I am wonderful, first of all, thank you. Uh, and, and what I think is it, it really is a culmination of a, a lot of work across the team, working with students, working with teachers, working with parents, understanding over the last 18 months, really, what are their needs, how do we help them? How do we bring the technology that we have, the skills we have at Microsoft, to the classroom in a way that will have an impact on learning outcomes? And today was this opportunity to tell the world what we've been doing and get our story out there so that more kids and more classrooms can benefit from it. And I'm really excited about it. You know, you mentioned story. Other people I've talked to today mentioned story. And just to kind of reiterate here, the keynote started off with CEO Satya Nadella coming out and talking about his background, his grandfather, his father, and how they got an education, which led to him getting an education. And that message really rings true for everything here. I mean, we talked about is today a product launch. It really has been a philosophy launch and a rebranding of a philosophy. Tell us a little bit about the meetings or the decisions that has happened behind the scenes to get us to this point. Um, I'm happy to. Satya had a quote, I believe, uh, where he talked about our success is other people's success. Our mission is to empower every person on the planet and every organization to achieve more. And if you think about uh, my team, my role, and taking that mission to the education market, it fits like a hand in glove. If you want to achieve more in life, you start with learning and school and achieving at school. Learning to read, learning to write, learning math, and then communication and presentation and the STEM skills and the higher up skills. And really figuring out that story that allows us to take the learning outcomes um, and point at those, the success of the students. A third grader, a teacher, their parents, they all have the same goal. They want to be successful. The third grader might not actually say it, like I want great learning outcomes, but there is a shine and a sparkle in their eye when they come home with a sticker on their paper to show their parents. The graduating senior getting into the college they want, or getting into the vocational school they want, or the graduating senior out of college adding an internship or a job, that is what Achieving More is about. And we've been thinking from a product perspective about what do we do in our products to make them successful in that learning journey of theirs. How do we help them learn how to read? How do we help them with math? How do we help them stay organized and on top of things? How do we help them communicate and ask for help from their teacher or fellow students? And it really is that focus on their success that then lets us feed into what are the products and the features that we build. As far as everything that we've talked about today, Minecraft, 3D, HoloLens, new devices, what excited you the most to get to this point? What was the best experience that you've worked on over the last year to really create the, today's experience? There's, you know, I'll do two if that's okay with you. Um, I, I'm going to go back to the learning tools, first of all. Uh, because I have witnessed firsthand and through accredited research 
that they make a real difference in helping kids learn how to read. And that is a statement about students with dyslexia and dysgraphia. It's a statement about English as a second language, which is everywhere around the world. It is a statement about you walk into any classroom today, second grade classroom, and there are kids with reading abilities ranging from kindergarten to fifth grade in that class. And a teacher that is trying to bring them all up to speed together and make sure they have that basic skill of reading so that they can do everything else in school is critical. And the learning tools do that. And I've seen kids, I've seen the look in their face. I've seen the look in their eyes when, when they actually read. I mentioned to you, and I'll mention it on tape as well, Jeff. When I saw the video for the 10th or 20th or 30th time today, I teared up. Because the impact it's having on kids is real. And that, to me, is the best story. I said there were two, and I'll bring one more, because it's more nascent, but I know what it's going to go do. And when I look at how we took the Teams technology and are bringing it into the classroom for collaboration, there's a very special thing that I think will happen. If you think about any class, it's 50 minutes long, an hour long, 45 minutes long. If you walk into a class and you see a teacher talking and all the kids quiet, there's not a lot of learning happening in that classroom. When the kids are engaged in the conversation, when they're working with each other, when they're asking each other questions, when they're asking the teacher questions, when the teacher can walk around the room into small project groups, dip in and help and interact, that's where learning is happening because they're engaged. Teams brings that chat or conversation and voice or video collaboration in digitally as a hub for the classroom, extending that class from 50 minutes to anytime, anywhere. And now if the kids are working in a study hall or after school and collaborating, they're doing it in teams. If they have questions of each other, they can ask. The teacher can follow along. They can mention the teacher and they can quickly help them. And the kid that didn't raise their hand in class because they're too shy or the teacher just ran past it too fast because the lesson was over, they have a forum and a place to go ask that question and interact. And that's what learning's about. It's funny that you keep talking about teams. One of the things that I picked about at the keynote today was this little sentence, and I think it was only said once or twice, but the hardware was created at the same time the software was. Talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, it's a, it's a great sentence and a, and a critical one. I spend um, as much or more time with Panos, who builds the hardware in his team and in his building, as I do with Joe Belfori in Windows, who builds the shell and the operating system, as I do with the rest of the people in office, or with Brad Anderson and his team on Intune and the management. And what you saw today is both the software across the board working together, so if I'm doing school data sync, it works into Active Directory, which goes into Intune for management that understands the cart, that deploys and creates a team for that teacher automatically, and it's about bringing the hardware and the software together. So you both get technical benefits like battery life optimization and performance optimization, but also things like really how does the pen work great on a device because we know how important ink is and how do you bring touch and pen together. And you can only do that when you can build those things at the same time and interact and play and iterate and learn from the experience and adjust the software to the hardware and the hardware to the software. I'm looking at some of the hardware and the software that comes out. Uh, am I right about this? $189 for a laptop that is touch screenable. 
There are laptops ranging from $189 all the way through the premium devices, and we start all the way at the lowest end, and I don't know the exact price of which one is touchscreen or not screen. I know there's a device out there at $289 that is touch and pen with wonderful pen, with great latency, which that one just really is impressive because that's an affordable price and when you take that with OneNote class notebook with the 3D and pen creation tools you saw today at 289 with touch 360 hinge it is uh, both affordable but then it's ruggedized spill proof touch and pen that's what I'm excited about and yes they go as low as 189 as well and I heard it plays something called Minecraft yeah, it's a little video game around here that we like. Um, it does, and, and I don't know who I picked up the quote about Minecraft and the use in the classroom. It's from a teacher. Might have been secondhand at this point. It's a, I was talking to, a, I think, their, their entire classroom, and the, and the quote was, Minecraft is the only homework that they can assign that after the kids turn it in, they'll keep on working on it for two weeks. Back to engaging and learning, how awesome is that? If the kids are enjoying it that much, whether it's the, you know, you saw earlier today maybe building the Globe Theater or building the Pantheon, if they're enjoying, or, or the civilization on Mars, if they're enjoying that that much, that they keep on working on those worlds two weeks after they're done with the assignment, I, I don't know of any other homework that somebody doesn't turn in and just say, thank God I'm done with it. Um, and it really just creates that engaging experience. And yes, it runs on all those devices that are out here on the trade show floor. So I want to bring up a word that I keep getting asked about from all these Microsoft employees, and that word is feedback. Please give us feedback. We want to hear feedback. Today we had an opportunity to meet with corporate vice presidents as the teacher group, and all we kept saying is thank you for listening to us. What does feedback mean to Microsoft, and what does Microsoft do with that feedback? Uh, feedback is how we build the products that you see out here today. Um, we, you know, we don't have a monopoly on what is right in the classroom. We don't know what the teachers need without going out and asking the teachers and observing the teachers and understanding what are their problems. Um, we don't know what engages the students until we put things there, see whether it captures their imagination. Do they play around with it? Do they stick with it? If they do, we know we have something. If we don't, it's back to the drawing board. Take learning tools. We put it out there and we've been iterating on it. It's based on a lot of science and research, but it's also based on this feedback loop where we're working with classrooms, trying it out, making sure that it actually is helping reading levels in a sustained way over time. And where we can improve it, and we're seeing that we can do a better job, we iterate on the software. Karen and her education workshop, which I think you've had a chance to see, They've been working on taking these uh, STEM-based curriculum, kind of hacking and making uh, toolkits to classes, and building it together with the students and teachers so that one, we know that the teachers feel comfortable with it and are able to deliver the lesson plan. But two, we also want to make sure that they're not too easy, but also not too hard. We want the kids to develop the grit and the learn mindset and the growth mindset of trial and error and trying things and persevering through it, but we also don't want to over-frustrate them. And there's no way we can figure out that balance in Redmond, in our offices, by ourselves. We can only do it by having students and teachers in front, you know, with us in Redmond, or we go out to them and seeing how they use it, seeing their reaction, understanding what they think, and getting their feedback. With all the success that Microsoft is having over the last couple of years, building to this event, could we assume that this isn't the last educational event for Microsoft? We, we are, you know, we are working and we will continuously be investing in it. One of the things I love about the education market, it is continuously renewing. 
uh, every year a whole new generation walks into first grade. Uh, and that is a whole new set of opportunities and they've grown up in a different world than the 10th graders of today. And that for us means we have to continue in investing in education and listening to the students and the teachers forever. And as far as education events go, uh, you can assume we will be, you know, out there at ISTE, we will be out there at BET, we will be doing our own and inviting you in. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to tell the story, but honestly, it's an opportunity for us to see what the world thinks and get the feedback and keep improving the story as well. I also hear this term beginning. Everybody says today is the beginning. So it took us a long time to get to today. When everybody gets back to Redmond, do we all give each other a high five and get back to work? Or what is next for Microsoft? I'll start by saying that, you know, thankfully, most of our teams are back in Redmond working on the products right now. Uh, and really, everything you saw today is a culmination of a lot of their hard work. And, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for the engineers, the designers, the user researchers on our teams building this stuff. But most of them are back there still building and we are gonna keep on going at it. Uh, I am hoping that they uh, are seeing some of the news, seeing some of the coverage. I'm hoping they got to see the event and are proud of what they did because they should be. Uh, and it, it's a source of energy. And I will say that as much as it's wonderful to see the story out there, uh, we, we derive most of the energy and inspiration from when we see uh, students using this stuff, teachers using this stuff and having that impact. And that is every day in, day out. Uh, and that's what fuels us to keep going. Well, on behalf of every teacher and every student out there, we certainly want to say thank you for putting us at the hub of literally every single spoke of Microsoft, the Microsoft Education. Where can teachers, students, and families go to connect with Microsoft Education? Reach out to you guys and learn more. Uh, first of all, let me say both thank you to you for coming here uh, and taking this time to really listen and, and, and both provide the feedback but also help us tell our story. Second, really, you, you thanked on behalf of the teachers and the educators. I want to say thank you to them because they're doing the real work. We're giving them tools that help amplify their work, that hopefully make it easier, hopefully introduce new ways for them to spend time in the classroom and engage with them. But they're doing the real important work out there. And, and first of all, thank you to all of them. Uh, and Microsoft.com slash education. That's where it's all at. That's where we're going to be putting it all up. Uh, and hopefully follow us on Twitter and see the stories uh, less about us and more about how it's being used in the classroom and how teachers like you are leveraging and what they're doing and inventing in their classroom as we bring this out to the market. Aron, thank you so much for your time today. And again, congratulations on what a huge success today has been. Wonderful. Thank you very, very much. So we're here today at Microsoft showing off some of the great things that you can now do in OneNote. What are we demonstrating today? We're taking a look at our learning tools here, which are great for all different types of needs across the classroom, especially those with dyslexia, dysgraphia, and even students reading at different learning levels as well. Well, the great thing about this is the ease of the function. You go straight to uh, where it says learning tools at the top, turn it on with a button, turn it off with a button. Students can select a contrast, which helps them visually pick up uh, words on the page. And then when you're done, you literally click the button and it goes right back off. Now, I know that you are an educator that works a lot with students that have special needs. How are these features directly impacting the work that you're doing in the classroom? They allow my students to be independent. I don't have to be helicopter teacher anymore. They can do things for themselves. Um, they've been able to do internet research that they can copy and paste uh, to hear the content to see if it's relevant to what they're looking for. 
and they're also able to collaborate, which before that wasn't possible for them because if they can't access the material, they can't collaborate on what on what's happening with it. And so now they're a lot more apt to want to uh, lead their group, um, take on that leadership role, and even take on the scribe role because they can go back and they can listen to what they wrote, make sure it's appropriate for the project that they're doing. You know, throughout this entire keynote and experience, we keep hearing Microsoft say, we got this feature from an idea from a teacher. As an MIE, what does it mean to you to be a part of the MIE community and also to be able to work hand in hand with Microsoft to create great products for your students? Well, it's a wonderful experience. It connects us together so we can better support our students with not only our ideas, but everyone else's. And it's just a great community support. And the people at Microsoft are wonderful. They listen to us, they hear what we need and what needs to be done, and they do it in a heartbeat. It's not like it takes months. They you know, have something for you next week. Um, and I'm just thankful for that, especially working in the special ed community. You know, they include that accessibility automatically. I don't have to ask for it, which I love. And let me ask Microsoft the same question. What is it like working with so many teachers who have so many great ideas that you know as soon as you build it are going to be in the hands of students that need it? It's a fantastic opportunity to really partner with these different teachers and be allowed to step into the classroom. Because we know technology's role is really to fade into the background and empower these educators. And instead of staying in our own walls in Redmond and assuming what we think teachers need, we're hearing it from the ground up. Whether it's from Lauren here in Georgia, someone like Cal over in Canada, all around the world to really partner. And personally, as an individual that has ADHD, going through the different schooling growing up and now being able to bring it back around from the technology side and find things that I know would have helped me so greatly that I know my teachers wish they could have had to enable people like myself at IEPs, it's fantastic to partner and bring that to life with these real teachers around the world. So throughout the keynote today, we've seen product demos. We've seen a message clearly coming down from CEO Satya Nadella. What excited you about today's keynote the most? I think just the focus on education in general, it was the whole focus, and their their presentation of all the new materials was so passionate. You could feel it come through, their passion for our students and us as educators, and um, I just love that there's so much new technology coming to the classroom that wasn't possible you know, two, four, or five years ago, and so just that passion that they, they lay out was, was great. What's exciting you about the direction that Microsoft is going? It's really great to see us take a focus now, not on worrying so in particular about what we think is the right solution, but hearing from you in the community what the real answers are and knowing we're not in a world where we roll this out and say, here's the answer, but instead we say, build it with us from the day one. I can't tell you how many schools I've gotten the honor of sitting down and hearing real ideas, bringing it back to the team and being excited, whether it's something beautiful and fun like our rainbow effects or a math assistant to help students really not just get the answer, but learn day by day. And bringing this all together has just been a fantastic day and experience. Carol, we're here live at the Microsoft keynote. You're talking to us a little bit about some of the new features of Microsoft Word and also Microsoft OneNote. Tell us a little bit about what you're showing off today. Yeah, so right now what I'm showing you is our immersive reader. It's one of the learning tools that we have within OneNote. Um, and it also exists in Word Online as well. And what it does is allow students to improve their reading no matter what level they're at. And also students with certain learning disabilities like dyslexia, dysgraphia, even ADHD, um, and others where they really need to be able to focus. So here with Immersive Reader, what I've done is, and I'll just take a step back, clicked on the Immersive Reader tab, and right away you can see it drowns out everything else on the screen and just focuses on the words of the text. Um, they start to pop, 
the student can then change font size, they can change spacing, which also allows for um, less visual crowding, which also helps improve focus. And then they can choose different background colors to make it pop even, even further. Now you said that the background colors and most of these features were recommendations from teachers that Microsoft work with. Educators and, and students as well. Why is it important that Microsoft reaches out to its community when building these tools? Well, that's the only way we learn, right? What's going to be valuable to our to those to our teachers and to our students? And what types of things have you seen come out of this type of technology? How is it helping out students in the classroom? This particular feature is helping students be able to improve readability by allowing them to personalize how they choose to read. So. If I take, for instance, I have a seven-year-old son with ADHD, this tool is amazing because it allows him to be able to focus, right? It removes all of the clutter from the page and just allows him to focus on the words. That's particularly for immersive readers. So for students, it becomes, um, it, it becomes a really great way to, to improve their reading skills. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, and I uh, hope you have a chance to take a look around here. This event is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for stopping by. We are here today with one of the actual speakers at the keynote event tonight, Melissa Renshi. Melissa, how are you today, and, and what was it like being on stage today at the Microsoft keynote? Uh, definitely nerve-wracking, and then it was reminds me that I'm part of a community of Microsoft Innovative Educators. They were all in front and smiling and super supportive. And I want to start with that concept of being an MIE or an MIE expert. What does being a Microsoft Innovative Educator mean to you? It means you better get your application in by July 15th, please. The other piece it means is community development. I just was talking to somebody to encourage them to apply. We need more people representing uh, educators, and we need to see more voices out there telling us what's going on in their communities and have them collaborate with all of us. And with that being said, what's happening in your community? What were some of the things that you are doing special in your student with your students? Well, after we just brought in Code Builder, you're going to see a lot of students using algorithmic thinking without even realizing that they're doing this inside Code Builder. They're going to be making things and creating loops. They're going to do while loops. They're going to do for loops. They're going to do substitutions, playing with variables. Amazing computer science principles that they don't even realize they're doing. That sounds very, very scary and intimidating. It is, but at the same time, those standards are being built into nearly every state is adopting some form of computer science principles. So we need to in some way be ready to have tools that we can give them that address these concepts. Talk to us a little bit about your impressions today, because some people have said this was a product launch. Some people have said this is a philosophy launch. What was your take of, out of everything that happened today? Well, originally, the idea was that it was supposed to be d launched during Teacher Appreciation Week. So it was, they missed it by a week. But the idea would be that we are looking at tools that teachers can use. And even, I felt like it was more addressed to districts, like finally having some solutions to fast boot ups. All the things that people might uh, complain about a Windows product, they're addressing. So I guess what I would say is it's not just about a tool, it's not just about a launch, but rather a re launch and, and addressing what teachers want to hear. And being a teacher yourself, what do teachers want to hear? They want to hear that computers are going to work. They want to know that the IT people will have something in the product that works. So their students, when they're logging in, you're going to have less problems. You're going to want to talk about technology that actually is 
is up and running so that your students will feel effective. There's less downtime for teachers. That means a lot. And with that need for safety and security comes the launch of a brand new version of Windows, Windows S. What kinds of things do you see Windows S doing in the classroom? I think the concept that you probably will see, there's a few things that are gone. Like we were even talking about the run feature that may not show up for some people. So it's streamlining the process so that students are logging in quicker and they can address some of those problems. But you also see a few of those new tools that we're going to see as well with um, creative tools that are added into this product launch. One of the other things that was talked a lot over the last couple of weeks is getting women and girls more into the STEM and coding classes. Talk to us a little bit about that. We've done a few shows like that on TeacherCast over the last few weeks, and it is such an important topic to, to keep having into the conversation. I'm glad that you're addressing that, Jeff. We've talked a few times about some of the things, and I was I was on one of the podcasts, and I think it's great to just be starting these new conversations about inclusivity. Because the other piece that we really haven't talked about yet is I have kids that don't even want to be gender and recognized. So we're needing to just make everything kind of open. And I'm even changing having a Girls Who Code Club to kids who do outreach using code. So it's more about getting people to find a niche where they can be of use and they do things like hack for good and other ways that they're getting involved in their community. So before the keynote, everybody was hush-hush about what was happening behind the scenes, but somebody was actually behind the scenes. Could you tell us anything about what's been going on over the last 24 to 48 hours and getting prepared and running through? And, and, and what, what kind of things had to happen in order to make today such a success? We probably did at least three dress rehearsals. And then we also had um, a coach. For some of us, we had coaches that helped us. In addition, the product teams were looking at how are we launching this? What are the words that we're using to launch this product? Are we being inclusive? How are we making this product more available? And will teachers want this? So there's a lot of good questions that went into the strategizing to make this successful. So you're used to speaking to 30 kids at a time. I, I know a little bit about you to know that you're used to speaking to a few hundred adults at a time, but today you are literally speaking to the world on behalf of Microsoft. I know you're blushing, <laughs> but what does that feel like? Have you thought about what's gone on in the last couple hours here? Okay, I'm going to be honest and vulnerable right now. I actually went onto YouTube because there's a video of my students on YouTube, and there were two people that actually did a thumbs down for a video at Minecraft. So everyone listening, please go to Minecraft and vote it thumbs up. Please say some good comments to my children. That means a lot. Uh, what else can I say? It does mean a lot, but I hope in some way I'm encouraging more teachers and hopefully even more people that want to see, like, anybody can anybody can believe in a product and and, and do what they can to endorse something that they really believe in. And that's how I feel about computer science and underrepresented people. Melissa, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with us today and for representing all of our teachers that are out there and the MIE program. Again, uh, applications are due on July 15th with your sway, or you could use a mix. <laughs> on behalf of everybody here at the Microsoft keynote, we'll be right back.
we are here after the Microsoft keynote event and we're here at the Minecraft Education Edition version. Guys, what is exciting about Minecraft these days? We just saw a ton of new things coming out of the keynote. So today we announced Code Builder for Minecraft Education Edition and we're so excited to get that in the hands of educators today. We have a, an open beta that goes along with a free trial of Minecraft Education Edition um, and just really excited to see how students use it. It's, it's an amazing opportunity to combine the open world of Minecraft with this really great learn to code path. Now talk to us a little bit about that because we, we've seen some of the great things that Minecraft can do and kids are doing with it. What's exciting you about some of the things that you're seeing in the classrooms? Yeah, so especially with Code Builder, I think what I'm seeing that's really exciting is all the different partners that we've been working with when we've launched go all the way from block-based coding, so elementary school, very young grades, all the way up until high school students. So Melissa Renchi, who you saw on stage today, those are high school students moving very quickly towards an AP course focused on JavaScript. They can real-time switch between the block-based coding and the text-based coding and really put this thing through its paces. All the way back down to a kindergarten student, there's opportunities in here just to take their first steps. You know, what's beyond those hours of code? And they can put in loads of hours with CodeBuilder. You know, I love the announcement today. Minecraft is free for a year. Tell us a little bit about how teachers can take advantage of that. Yeah, so with any new Windows 10 device purchased for a school this year, it includes a one-year subscription to Minecraft Education Edition. It's been really for us to get this into the hands of educators so they can use it. And is that a teacher version with students underneath of it? How does the, the actual package work? It's a one-year subscription with every device purchased. Yeah. And, and talk to us a little bit about some of the things that are happening now. I understand that all of the devices that have been launched today are able to run Minecraft, even the ones that are $189 devices. Yeah, so the devices that we have here on the table, um, we have two Surface Books that are running Windows 10 Pro, but these two devices in front of us and this one across the way is actually running Windows 10 S today. So we're really excited to see it running on kind of both flavors of the operating system. And as far as these devices here, is, can they run battery-powered Minecraft or are you recommending that they be plugged in constantly? No, they can run battery just fine. I mean, this one right here, this Asus, we were putting it through its paces over the past few days and it performed admirably. About how long does the battery last on something like that without, without power for Minecraft? Yeah, I think it depends on how the visuals are set, but if you have it kind of how a typical student would, it's usually, I want to say it's in the eight to 10 hour range, depending on the device. Um, one of the ones that we have back in our office is able to perform throughout the workday when we're able to get to work. So. so everybody knows that the best hashtag and the best account on Twitter to follow is PlaycraftLearn, but the Minecraft community is absolutely fantastic. Talk to us about being a part of the Minecraft community, and I understand there's something called the Minecraft Mentor Program? So the, you know, Minecraft, the, the game has this amazing community and they really make the, the gaming experience what it is. And I've never met a more generous group of people than educators who are using Minecraft in the classroom. Um, and so we've really, we've looked to them to help as we've built this, as we've explored new features to add. Uh, Neil and his team added the Minecraft Global Mentor Program this year and we have 60 mentors from around the world who are available to share their experience in, sometimes it's in playing the game, sometimes it's in integrating into their curriculum, sometimes it's just in how they talk to their administrators about the value of, of Minecraft in the classroom. Neil, I, I've asked you this before in the show, and I love the answers that you always give. What's the wackiest, craziest, most awesomest thing that you've ever seen somebody do on Minecraft? And maybe you could help us out today and say K5 thing and then maybe higher ed thing. Sure. So the K5 thing that I saw that still is one of the more interesting ones 
was the students were actually studying early American history and they were building out, I used to build, I used to teach in California, so I would build the California mission every year. And being in this big piece of plywood with sugar cubes on it. So the students started out with just building one California mission, and then in year two, the teacher had them build all of the California missions and go into this crazy multiplayer world. And now in year three, the students are going back into the prior year's world year after year and kind of adding more to that each time. So it's a connectivity not only between the students, but also grade level to grade level as they go through. At high school, one of the ones Melissa showed on stage, we've seen a different few versions of it and I love it every time. So they're not only building the Globe Theater to do Shakespeare, they're also performing the play inside of the quote-unquote Minecraft life-size theater. And the students get so into it, they actually run into the back of the theater to change skins, to change costumes, and perform a full play end-to-end. -end. And so for me, the, the video production, the architecture, the literature, all that goes into that project, that's just crazy amazing for us to watch. And is that something that can be recorded? I'm, I'm not a major Minecraft yeah. person yet. Yeah, so the video production side of that is they just screencast the screen. They have the students around there like we have right now with microphones and they just screencast, they time it. I've seen ones where the students will actually edit and splice it up after and I've seen ones where they do it real time. Both of those are just amazing to me. I mean, even the project management that goes into that, just to see what these students are capable of is awesome. It, it truly is just the beginning. I keep hearing this from Microsoft reps all day. This is really just the beginning. This is putting the vision in front of people. Um, thank you guys so much for spending time with us today. Where can we get a hold of you guys on your social medias? I'm uh, at Deirdre206. At uh, Neil Manigold on Twitter. And of course, you can find out more about Minecraft over at Playcraft Learn and of course over at education.minecraft.net. All right, we're here live today at Microsoft learning about all the great things that have just happened. We had a fantastic keynote. What excited you the most? You know, for me, I think it was really the journey that we've been on. Um, you know, and, and working with a lot of the educators who are here and seeing the influence that they've had on a lot of our products, you know, over the period that we've had any products relevant to education, but especially in the last few years where we've seen this tidal wave of momentum really coming across a number of different products. And specifically for me, thinking about, you know, what we've seen with Office 365 and OneNote, amazing to see that they have really influenced the direction of our development teams to where we are today. And so a lot of things that we announced today were influenced by those things that they said over the last few years. Last year, you know, just as a comparison point, we uh, we tried to do something like this, and it was really a you know product-centric event. And I think what you saw here was not product-centric; it was Microsoft and education-centric. And so we were able to tell this full story, and it was amazing to see the the process for this coming together because it wasn't just one team saying, hey, we, we really want to build products and programs for the education audience. It was the entire company kind of saying, hey, we want to be a part of this. We want to democratize learning. We want to uh, make devices that are accessible at different price points. We want to build in um, you know, features that anyone can use and will save teachers time in the classroom. And so I think that's, that's really the most amazing thing to me is just seeing the, the journey and how things have come together at this point. You know, there was a lot of launches today. We talked about new STEM initiatives. We talked about new Minecraft initiatives. We talked about new hardware. And if you look at this as a wheel with all these spokes, it's very clear what the hub of this all, it's the students. Why? Why is that important to Microsoft? 
Well, I think there's two views on why students are important. I think one is the, the reason that gets me up every day, which is students are our future, right? They are the future leaders, the future creators. Um, and, you know, the other piece is, you know, they're also the future consumers, the future information workers. And th that is why it matters to Microsoft from a business perspective. I mean, we can give a lot of these things away for free because we really do want students using our products in the future. And not because we just want the money from them, but because we know that it will make them more productive, make them more successful by using some of these technologies. And so, you know, for me, I love having them as the audience that we really care about in the hub of the wheel. Um, and I know that's what, you know, gets a lot of these folks uh, who work at Microsoft and the educators who work with us up every morning. A few weeks ago, Microsoft unleashed the application process for the Microsoft Innovative Educator Program. I've had an opportunity this week to meet with a lot of teachers who are all here to support their students. What does the MIE program mean to Microsoft and Microsoft Education? Well, I would, I would just quote uh, my good friend Steve Isaacs from last night when we, when we had our MIE dinner pre-event. Pre um, he was saying how it's, it's just such a mutually beneficial program. Um, and I think that's what's really resonated for me in seeing that, you know, yes, you know, we give someone the distinction of Microsoft innovative educator expert. But it's not just a distinction for them. It's actually something where we said, hey, we want this educator to inform what we are doing with our products and our programs so that we can make them better for the students that they work with day in and day out. And I think that's, that mutually beneficial connection is what's so cool. And then pair with that the community that comes with it. And I think you know, going to um, the educator exchange in Toronto a few weeks ago, just you know, not long before this event, it was amazing to see all the educators from across the globe coming together and just sharing best practices, hacking together, like creating some of these product ideas that you know some of our development teams are already going and starting to work on. So I think that's that's what's so cool is uh, you know the community, um, the the mutually beneficial relationship that we get to have with these educators. So we've seen a lot of advancements here with the Creative Edition, we've seen Paint 3D, we've seen uh, 3D images coming to PowerPoint, we've seen HoloLens, 3D things coming to even the inexpensive. Now, I get asked the question a lot of, which is your favorite child? And I know you're a OneNote guy, but with everything you see here, do you have a favorite application or a favorite new feature? Yeah, it's a tough question because I think yeah I have to bucket it you know I have to bucket it into the things that I know will resonate right now in the classrooms of today and then the things that will resonate in the classrooms of tomorrow and I think when I think about today I think about something like Minecraft engaging students teaching them to code you know other STEM initiatives you know the hacking STEM kind of goes with that you know and pairs it just another way to engage students and hands-on working with different materials um, and then, of course, you know, I love Office 365. I love OneNote. I love what we're doing with Teams and bringing in some of those different experiences. So I think those are the here and the now. Then you think about, like, what is the tomorrow? And I think that's where you have things like mixed reality, 3D for everyone, you know, um, some of the new things we're going to be doing with Windows. Um, and I think that's where, you know, they're going to start coming into the classroom, but it's gonna, it might take a little bit of time to gain momentum and really see it go to broad scale. You know, there's always going to be the innovators. The Microsoft Innovative Educators, you know, are going to be at the forefront probably trying these things tomorrow. But we're going to see the impact, I think, in the next, you know, one to two years, maybe. So we've talked a little bit about some of the innovations with Microsoft Teams. 
OneNote, PowerPoint. We didn't hear a lot about Microsoft Classroom. Is there anything that you might be able to share with us about what the future holds for that? Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the things that we announced today, and obviously it wasn't the leading headline, the thing that we announced is we are building the classroom experiences and what we have learned from educators and students from our classroom preview, building that into Teams. So we're taking those experiences, those learnings, and we're saying, hey, how do we create a digital hub within Office 365 that incorporates what we learned from class notebooks, what we learned from, te uh, from Microsoft Classroom, what we've learned from the rest of the Office suite and the things that matter to teachers and students. Um, and I think that's where you're going to see it getting built into Teams um, with the, at least the assignment view that you saw, the next generation of conversations. So no longer are we going to have just email conversations that you had in classroom. These are actually persistent, multimedia, interactive conversations that take place in Teams. And lastly, I want to talk to you a little bit about the global perspective here. This morning, all the teachers got together and had a fantastic conversation with Microsoft Vice President Anthony Salcido, who oversees worldwide education. Can you comment on anything that Microsoft is doing in the worldwide marketplace to help not only education, but really build a global sense of community? Yeah, I think, again, it goes back to our mission. Um, you know, empowering every student on the planet to achieve more. And I think we are thinking about that not just as a US thing, we're thinking about it as a global thing. And, you know, I look around the room and a lot of what we see here is products um, specifically for education. But I think some of the things that Microsoft does outside of just the folks in the room is we have a number of programs. We have global programs. Uh, we contribute, you know, millions of dollars to different programs, you know, whether it's you know bringing devices to Africa, um, you know, doing Skype conversations and bridging that divide between you know the developed world and the, the less developed world, developing world, you know, and I think we have we have both the products and the programs now, and the investment overall from Microsoft to scale to that level, and I think that's that's the thing that you might not just hear today, but you'll hear. Um, other days about just Microsoft's investment overall and that global, um, that global betterment because we're in it for the long haul here. Well, they actually mentioned something about the global betterment around the world today. They had mentioned something about summer camps for STEM happening at all of the Microsoft stores. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so what's cool is you've probably heard a little bit about the hacking culture and how you know learning tools came out of that. We actually took that culture to heart, and instead of just making it a hackathon, it became a hacking STEM workshop. So, sitting next to our development teams on OneNote and Classroom, and you know some of our other products, we actually have this workshop that was built up. And what was amazing to see is you take a design leader like Karen Weber, and then you take educators locally and from across the country and now the world who have informed how you can take everyday supplies and then create amazing things using sensors and real-time data streaming into Excel to really you know, inspire students uh, to enter STEM careers. And so what we've done is essentially package that up. Package that up and allow our Microsoft stores to hold those workshops throughout May for free, of course, for all of uh, the educators in their area. And so I think that's, educators and students, I should say. And I think that's one of the things that we hope to scale to, you know, a global audience, not just you know Microsoft stores. You know we're hoping that any teacher could pick up those supply kits. You know maybe we'll mail it to them, and they can just create a space. I was talking to a bunch of folks at the BET conference recently about, you know, 
just giving them a few supply kits. They set up a room, you know, maybe an old classroom, and they can just hold those STEM workshops themselves. Ari, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And um, many people out there wondering, how do we find you on your Twitters? What is your Twitter account that we can follow? My Twitter account is at Arbar13, A-R-B-A-R-13. It was an old nickname of mine. <laughs> and if anybody's looking for information on how to support or be a part of the Microsoft Education family, where can we go? Well, I would say you, you definitely want to start with Microsoft.com WAC Education. So Microsoft.com dash education. Or we say WAC at Microsoft. Or you can go directly to the educator community if you want to join that community. So that's education.microsoft.com, also linked off of Microsoft.com WAC Education. So looking forward to having you part of the community. We're here live with Barbara from Microsoft. Barbara, tell us a little bit about the keynote experience today. What did you think about all the great stuff that came out today? I was really inspired listening, listening to the keynotes um, and just the tremendous uh, opportunity that exists in education. And you know, this is one of our society's biggest challenges. And seeing at how the children learn and the passion that the teachers have for the children and for the children's learning was just such an inspiration for me. Well, I absolutely love the speech. He started off talking about his family, talked about his grandfather and how the education was passed down to his father and eventually to him. Why is it so important to Satya that we get this right and we get this right now? I think education is for any, any child such a fundamental part of their lives and it really sets them on a certain track of opportunities they might or might not have later on in life. And I think if we can find a way, um, as Satya put it, to democratize education and learning and use technology to do that, that's where we can have a tremendous impact on society and the world at large. And if you're looking at society and where everybody is, today really did hit all of those corners. We talked about brand new styles of keyboards that have the sound underneath so it's easier. We talked about the surface wheel for people that want to not put their hands on the keyboard. That's beautiful. We talked about pens and inking and how now all the devices at all the price points are out there. But the most important thing I think that he talked about the most and that Microsoft really is focusing on is accessibility, making sure that every student can learn. Talk to us a little bit about what Microsoft's vision is there and how it's being brought to life through these brand new devices and the curriculum that's supporting it. Sure. Um, I mean, as you heard Satya in the keynote, uh, Microsoft's mission is to you know, empower every person, every organization on the planet to achieve more. And if you take that into education and students, uh, to realize you know, every person learns differently. Everybody has a different way of absorbing information and learning and giving people the different tools so that they can personalize and individualize how they want to learn and what works best for them rather than taking a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, I think that's, that was really one of the key things we wanted to get across, that between you know, the hardware and the software and the tools and the different um, peripherals that go with it, to really bring it together so that from K through you know, college and beyond, that's a pretty, that's a very important part of everybody's life, that we give people the tools to really get the most out of that part of that journey. We've seen so much 
be released over the last few weeks. We've had the Creators Edition come out. We've had the introduction of Paint 3D. We've got Minecraft booming. We've got STEM education booming. We've got so many different aspects. I got to ask you, what excites you? I'm super excited about um, how we can look at education and the role that technology plays in that to really enable every student to get the most out of their education to you know get the most out of that part of their lives and to make sure that technology is there as an enabler to give them a more immersive uh, experience uh, in the case of the mixed reality or to give them a more to really bring out their creativity um, and if you if I go to schools and see how the kids use uh, technology I'm just my mind's just blown away on how they interact with the various devices and how it really brings out um, their creativity and how the you know the, the light in their eyes about learning more and seeing the teachers uh, sort of bringing that out in the kids and inspiring them um, that is really where when I get goosebumps and uh, can't wait to jump in. So it can be said that students learn best when they're with good teachers. And one of the things that Microsoft has absolutely done an outstanding job on is their Microsoft Innovative Educator Program. Tell me a little bit about what Microsoft's philosophy is when it comes with the MIE program. And, and personally, what does the MIE program mean to Microsoft? Yeah. So again, I'm fairly new to Microsoft. Um, what I really love about that program is, you know, at the end of the day, the education experience that a child has, um, it, the, the teacher is the key there. The technology is just there to help. So what inspires me about that program is to really learn uh, from all the teachers and all the educators on you know, how this is working for them, what's not working for them, and how we can you know, use that information to be better and listening to them. Because at the end of the day, we're there to help the teachers and the students. I want to say thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we certainly look forward to the future of all of this great technology. Thank you so much. And I look forward to working with you more. Thank you. Mike, we're here after a very successful keynote. We've seen a new Surface laptop. We've seen so many new hardware devices. What has been exciting you here happening in Microsoft Education? I think the biggest thing that's exciting is the wave of the entire company coming together. So we have hardware, we have an operating system, we have a whole new set of collaboration tools, we have Minecraft, mixed reality, Surface, did I say Surface yet? I think I said that at the beginning and the end. But yeah, having the whole company come together like this is something we've never quite done. You know, I love the fact that no, Microsoft has a complete mission. Here's the mission for education. Here's where we're going. Here's our complete product lineup of all the Surface products. And then over here, I'm looking in the corner and I see this Minecraft sign. Talk to us a little bit about some of the things that have been happening behind the scenes to make this happen. Why now for Microsoft to launch an educational movement? Well, I think a lot of it, as Satya said, our mission as a company is now empowering every person on the planet to achieve more. And if you think about that in the context of education, like that leadership and that vision, that's flowing through everything we're doing now. And so as a company, we're aligning around this because it's a great way to really help the future. And so the things like you're seeing today, for example, the hacking STEM, that's a whole new way of reimagining STEM in the classroom and helping teachers take these modern skills and bring them to the students. And even what you saw with Minecraft where bringing coding into Minecraft, and, and now you're exposing kids to, again, jobs of the future, a lot of them are going to require computational thinking. And then you have everything around collaboration. So we have all these great collaborative tools like Teams, and how do you bring all these different pieces in, and that's the way students are working today, and we want to help them in the future. 
I'm really excited to see all the 3D stuff coming out with the HoloLens and Paint 3D. And all of that stuff I'm understanding is going to be inf infused in the office applications. How is that going to work in the classroom for teachers? Well, here's, just, here's a scenario you can imagine. Let's say I'm in Teams and I'm a teacher and I push out an assignment that I want kids to do explore some different 3D models and then maybe take some notes about them, maybe work in a group. So imagine being able to push out an assignment as a OneNote page and I've embedded a 3D model on that OneNote page. I could annotate it, I can rotate it, I can talk about it with peers in a group, I can have a conversation about it, and maybe I even design my own 3D solution in 3D Paint. I could turn that in through Teams as well. So now you're bringing that classroom model, but with these modern concepts around 3D. One of the things that I'm noticing as I look around the room here is Microsoft has brought in a lot of teachers. Talk to us about how Microsoft works with teachers. Why is it important for Microsoft to work with teachers? And uh, if you could tell us a little bit about the MIE program, because applications are out right now. Oh yeah, well you're hitting on a topic that's dear to my heart, as you know, I think. Yeah, we are really, really focused on talking to teachers and schools and students. And I, I personally, I talk to teachers literally every day whether it's on Twitter, whether it's in person on a school visit, or a Skype call, or a Facebook group, or other conferences we have. So at Microsoft, we're trying to learn from teachers. We're working with teachers to hear about their pain points, trying to figure out how can we help them save time, collaborate better, help give them the tools they need to give them more time back to their students. So we regularly work with MIE groups, so the Innovative Expert Group. We always rotate new product ideas by them. So here's an example. We just shipped in OneNote class notebooks the parent access feature and the permissionings of the collaboration space. I ran all those designs by a group of about 25 teachers early, early on. So we got feedback early and iterated on those designs with teachers and the scenarios and the language and then we shipped that. And that's the MIE group giving us direct feedback into the product and that's one example. We're doing that across the board. And actually another area so we have some accessibility and inclusive pieces here. We are working with, for example, a week ago I was in a school for dyslexia in the Seattle area, working with teachers, working with administrators. We work with blind students, we work with the parents, we work with those who have hearing challenges, and we're always trying to work with those folks and bring their ideas and solving problems for them at scale into our software. It certainly is great to see what Microsoft has done over the last couple of years since the Surface Books have come out, Surface Pros have come out. Where do you see Microsoft in a year from now? Are you talking generically or are you talking in the Surface world? I... What will teachers be doing in three or four years with Microsoft products? I think in three or four years, well, it's hard to say to project the future exactly, but I think one thing is you're going to see even more collaboration in the classroom and more collaborative tools. I think you're going to see more of these concepts around computational thinking. So whether it's hacking STEM ideas or things like Minecraft, EDU, or even 3D objects, that world, if you look at the jobs of the future, they have STEM and STEAM written all over them. And so I think we're going to make sure that we give teachers the tools and students the, uh, the abilities and opportunities to do all these new technologies. Mike, thank you so much for spending time with us and as always supporting the great work we're doing here on TeacherCast um, live from the Microsoft event. Mike, one last question I should actually ask you. Where can anybody get a hold of you? Because you are always on social media. You are always reaching out. Um, I will say here that there have been many times that I've had my audience ask questions and you've gone on to different message boards and helped them out. Where do people go to actually get in touch with you to find out some of the great things that are happening and to get, get support? 
Sure, I think the easiest way is my Twitter handle, and that is at, and then M for Mike, so at M, and then my last name, which is hard over the air, I'll try it. It's T is in Thomas, H-O-L, F is in Frank, S is in Sam, E-N as in Nancy. M Thalfson is my Twitter handle, so reach out, happy to help. Mike, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. We're here today talking all about some of the great things that you can do today with a Surface tablet. We're here with the Surface Pro talking about some of the new accessibility features. Um, talk to us a little bit about what we're doing today. Sure. So students with disabilities absolutely have a right to free, appropriate education and to be part of mainstream experiences. What we're showing here is how mainstream technologies like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Skype, even Microsoft Teams can be customized to make a student with a visual impairment, mobility impairment, hearing impairment, or even a cognitive learning difference like dyslexia more effective. We're also showing the other side of this, which is 100% of us in, in classrooms create content, and we want to make sure as part of creating content, we're being professional, formatting it in a way that it doesn't create barriers for anyone. And what kind of results are you seeing when this is deployed in the classroom? How are students actually being able to use this to their advantage? So let's take the example of a student with dyslexia. The fact that we've built in capabilities to make students more effective in reading by having things read aloud to them while simultaneously highlighting. We're seeing proven results in increasing reading speed, reading accuracy, comprehension. We have a teacher here from an elementary school who's actually measured the amounts of words her students are able to read per minute. So they're seeing sustained boost in, in reading speeds and fluency, and they don't go away, like they stay with them. The other qualitative aspect of this is, these capabilities are built into mainstream tools, so you don't have to ask for them or install them or pay for them. Built-in is a big deal because some special education teachers tell me, students would rather go without than ask. They don't like to feel different. So another cool example here is spell checking. For example, a student with dyslexia might know how a word sounds, but they don't know exactly how it's spelled. So the fact that we're able to have it read aloud with suggestions alongside makes it more likely that the student will pick the right suggestion. Designed for people with dyslexia, but it actually makes the technology better for everyone because everyone faces this challenge to some degree. You know, features like this for students with learning disabilities, for dyslexia, we've already talked about things that are good for students that have ADHD. Where can teachers go to learn more about these features um, to learn not only how to use them, but what Microsoft is doing to support those teachers? So one place, it's a new website that launched last month, microsoft.com slash accessibility, where you can see updates per product, for example, Windows or Office. And if you scroll down, one of the resources in news and updates is how you can create an inclusive learning environment. So if you click on that blog, there are many links there. One of the links in particular, I had a special te education teacher describe throughout the productivity life cycle of consuming content, creating content, working with others, staying organized, what are the tools her students with diverse needs are finding useful? So that's one place. The other place in education.microsoft.com, if you just search for accessibility, you'll actually see some free trainings pop up. For example, meeting the needs of diverse learners. And 
coming soon we're adding a new training to help all educators learn how to create accessible content because we don't just want the student who is blind to get a document and then raise his hand and say i need this to be formatted correctly we want people to do the right thing from the get go so no one has to raise their hand it is absolutely fantastic to see what Microsoft is doing to not only meet the general population students, but all students. And that was definitely apparent today when we had the keynote. There was a major focus in helping students with special needs. What is on the horizon? What are we seeing that's, you know, we're here to learn what's next. What is going to be next for all of this technology? So I already hinted that we want 100% of office users to do the right thing. And the right thing is to format their text in a way that is inclusive to people with vision impairments, hearing impairments, mobility impairments. A simple example I like to give is a picture can speak a thousand words, but not to someone who's blind, unless you label it. So let's see an example here of computer vision helping us label images. For example, I'm creating a slide about collaboration. And the first thing that happens when I insert the images is design ideas automatically formats the slide for me. Plus, computer vision labels the images for me. So here, for example, I have an image of two people uh, working together on a computer, and our cognitive services can figure that out. So automatically, they're making this accessibility tag for an image called alternative text more discoverable. Plus, they're describing to me. How do you describe this to someone who's blind? So they're making me think about that aspect of our technology. Another example of this is when teachers will go to spell check, right next to that they see the check accessibility button. So they can run the accessibility checker, find the shoes, fix the shoes. A third example taking this to the next level is teachers can go in their Outlook web app and actually set a setting. So every time they get an email, the sender is reminded to check for accessibility issues. So it becomes a habit, it becomes an acceptable part of their culture to run the accessibility checker. Well, first of all, congratulations on all the great work that's happening here. This is absolutely fantastic stuff. One more time, Microsoft.com slash accessibility. And I highly recommend anybody checking this out. The stuff here that's being shown off here at the uh, demos are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much. So we're here live at the Microsoft keynote. We're talking here about some of the 3D features that are coming into PowerPoint. Tell us a little bit about what the future of PowerPoint looks like. Well, here I've got a 3D model inserted into PowerPoint. So when we looked at the research, we saw 3D increased engagement, retention, and overall academic performance. So we thought it was a natural match to put 3D model support in PowerPoint, as, long as, as well as Word and Excel, tools that teachers use in their daily academic life. Now, where does a teacher find 3D images or 3D models to put into PowerPoint? There's a couple of different ways. So you'll be able to insert a 3D model from the Insert tab, just you'd like you'd be able to insert a picture or a video. And really, there are a couple different ways. You can get them directly from the Remix 3D community. So there is a community of um, 3D models that people can publish to the community and share with others. And that support will be available directly from within PowerPoint. You can also build your own models in Paint 3D. So with the Windows Creators update, they have uh, an application which lets you build your own models. If you happen to have one, you can insert it yourself. There are also a number of different spots, like the NASA website, for example, that has 
public domain 3D models available. And uh, we noticed on the keynote how easy it was to put in a 3D model, duplicate the slide, change the angle, and then through one of your transitions, everything works seamlessly. It absolutely looks phenomenal and is a game changer for both teachers and for students. I think it does increase the engagement and the ability to see how one view relates to a different view of the model. So as you're walking through educational material, you can show the different components. So in this particular example I'm showing, it's a Hubble Space Telescope, and you can go and set up the different angles of the solar panels, the antennas, and show how they relate to each other and have people engaged as they walk through and see that as well. So talk to us a little bit about release. When will these features be available? These features are coming later this year to Word, PowerPoint, and Excel on the Windows desktop. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and showing us the great stuff that you can do here. Thank you. We are here live at Microsoft looking at all the great stuff. We just had a fantastic keynote, and the best part about the keynote is there was over 20 educators in attendance. Robin, talk to us a little bit about the MIE program and why it was important for Microsoft to bring out teachers to this event. So our MIE program is our Microsoft Innovative Educator Program, um, and it's essentially a community and a family of teachers to celebrate innovative teaching and learning that happens in the classroom. And for us, the center of all innovation that we're building for here at Microsoft for education comes from the teacher's voice and the student's voice. So having our community as active leaders um, driving what we are doing at the company is essential for us. And just really having a, a place to celebrate uh, great teaching and excellence in education is also paramount. And, and showing up to events like this is not the only place where teachers can go to learn. Talk to us a little bit about the great stuff happening over at education.microsoft.com. Yeah, um, so we believe that teachers should be able to learn anywhere, anytime, whether they're in their pajamas, uh, in the summer, on their holiday breaks, and for us we want to make uh, learning convenient for teachers and easy, so we have a plethora of resources, pl a place for teachers to connect online and also take courses to learn about how to use our technology products in the classroom, as well as just best uh, teaching and learning pedagogical practices as well. So we believe that it shouldn't be just about the technology in the classroom, but what does good teaching and learning look like and how do teachers um, hone that practice and be uh, better designers of learning. So that's what we focus on in our community. So let's take a look at some of the things that teachers are doing. We have two amazing teachers here. Let's ask you guys to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what the MIE program means to you and how awesome are your students? Um, again, I'm Summer Winrow and I'm from Indiana and um, I teach seventh grade junior high uh, math and my students are really awesome. Um, and it is a joy to be able to bring to them digital tools um, that they can utilize both inside and outside of the classroom. Um, and how that happens is being part of this greater professional learning network that's global, this MIE program. Um, and what it's allowed me to do is it's allowed me to expand my knowledge and to really hang my hat upon the people who are part of this PLN. Um, anytime I'm looking for something innovative, something new, I can reach out and look for the next great thing. And talk to us a little bit about what the MIE program means to you. The MIE program has given me an opportunity to help amplify my students' voice. They've learned a lot of the tools along with me when we've been able to beta test things, try them out even before they're released to the public. And because they know the background of those things, when it gets 
when it comes to time for them to be able to talk to other adults and teachers, they know the insides and outs of how to use them, how to apply it in real life. And they've been able to talk to other adults, present at conferences, and then help influence designs. I wouldn't be able to do that without the MIE program. So the question, of course, comes up, Robin, how do I become an MIE? So really, it's pretty simple to get started. Um, if you go to aka.ms forward slash MIE, that will take you to our education.microsoft site, which has our MIE programs, so everything from how to become a certified MIE to become a, a Microsoft Innovative Educator Trainer or an MIE expert. So currently, we have our MIE expert application open from April 15th to July 15th. Um, and that is open for any educator, whether you're a school leader, a classroom teacher, um, um, anybody involved in our education system and wanting to advance change and also work with other dynamic teachers, we encourage you to apply. So when I look around the room here, I see technology for accessibility. I see technology for STEM education. I see Minecraft education. I see new things happening with office apps. I see new hardware. As we move away from this event and we look towards the future, the next big event for Microsoft, of course, is ISTE. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's going on this year at ISTE and what teachers can look forward to from Microsoft? Yeah, so at ISTE, we're um, excited to be there and being able to speak to so many teachers from around the world that'll be in attendance at the event. So Microsoft will be there in full force this year. We'll have um, a, a normal booth presence as usual. We'll be running lightning round sessions led by some of our teacher educators and our MIEs in the booth. Uh, we will have a training room where if you want to take a little bit more of a deep dive on learning how to use something in the classroom, we'll have that available. And then we'll also have a uh, an interactive playground space, if you would, uh, where we'll have some hands-on activities that teachers can try right away, leave with resources so that they can implement that in their classrooms right away, and, and then also play with some really cool new technology that's out of the gate. Um, in addition to that, we will be hosting a Hack the Classroom event at SC this year, so looking forward to having everyone uh, come participate in that, see what we're doing, and obviously listen to the experts, which are the educators themselves. So we're looking forward to having many educators in attendance and are leading that event for us. There's so many amazing things happening here for Microsoft for the classroom. Before I go, I wanted to ask our two MIEs, Michelle and Summer here, a little bit about their interactions with Microsoft. Microsoft is an amazing company that is constantly reaching out to teachers to ask for feedback, to get things. Um, Michelle, tell us a little bit about why is it important? Why is it so special for Microsoft to be working with teachers? Technology amplifies who we are as humans, and the reality is we can't have the creativity and innovation without humans behind it still. Because there's so much caring about what the kids think, what adults and teachers think in education, their voice and hearing our voice interact together is helping them to develop tools that make it more seamless, to be able to transition into not really realizing you're using technology, but being able to be creative with what you're doing. And having the direct access to developers, researchers, people who are in leadership has made an impact on the students who have new ideas of what those types of industries look like or technologies they'll use in the future and being able to even talk to Satya Nadella directly in person and when Sway was first coming out, just to see different use cases and hear how passionate he is about education and the direction he wants the company to go. And before I go, I, I do want to hit on one important topic, something that's been going around not only the educators but in Microsoft over the last couple of weeks, and that is closing the gender gap. There's so many things that are happening right now to bring in women into coding, women into STEM. Why is this important and what can we as educators do in our own school districts to help promote the idea of women and girls coming into the computer science classes? Yeah, so at Microsoft, I mean, one of our core values and missions is really to... Um, 
empower and recognize diversity and inclusion. So it's not just about girls in STEM, it's not just about um, you know having certain people represented, but it's about men, it's about women, it's about people of multiple cultural backgrounds. Um, so it's 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 providing an inclusive place for all everyone, whether you have a learning disability or anything, we're really looking to empower all learners at our company. And so I think that any school district, as long as you're keeping your end user in mind, is what's important. And so for us as a technology company, uh, our end users are all walks of life. There are representations of you know every country here on this planet, um, as well as people that have many different diverse skill sets and, and come from different backgrounds. So our entire mission is to empower that and to recognize that. Um, obviously being a woman working in a technology company um, is, is important to me to see other women who are actively leading and sharing their voice and um, willing to challenge the status quo. And so I empower every female um, to never put limits or never put a glass ceiling on yourself, but embrace who you are, be who you are, be bold, be passionate, and uh, be brave. And I think anybody can do whatever you set your goals to be. Well, thank you everybody for taking the time to spend here with us today. I hope everybody had a great time. Let's go around the room here. Where can we find out more about you guys and how can we find you on your social channels? Twitter is MRZPHD. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, my Twitter handle is... <coughs> excuse me, at Summer Winrote, S-U-M-M-E-R-W-I-N-R-O-T-T-E. -T -T -E. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I am at Robin Rivnatz. It's R-O-B-Y-N-H-R-I-V-N-A-T-Z. I can be found on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and wherever else you might find me online. <laughs> and where one more time do we go to learn about the great MIE program and the rest of the things happening at Microsoft Education? One quick short URL, aka.ms forward slash MIE. And once again, I just want to say thank you to everybody on the Microsoft Education team for bringing us out there and, and, and really giving us a fantastic experience this week at the Microsoft keynote. Um, there are several great ways that you can uh, reach out and be a part of the Microsoft EDU family. Of course, as they said several times on the interviews, there are applications out there now to become a Microsoft Innovative Educator experts. You can, of course, go over to education.microsoft.com. Check it out. I've been an MIE going on uh, three years now, I believe, and it has been a fantastic experience to uh, not only learn from the educational community, but to get a chance to be a part and provide feedback for Microsoft and Microsoft Education. There's, of course, several great ways that you can reach out and be a part of this and everybody and all of our shows here on the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. You can find us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. Leave us a voicemail over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. And if you've made it this far into the podcast, please check out everything that we're doing on iTunes and YouTube over at TeacherCast.net slash audio and TeacherCast.net slash video. On behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students.